PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Episode 400 of Cinema Crespo. So I'm your host, Chris Crespo. Looking around at the old doomsday device, it says the threat level is yellow. Current threat level is canary yellow. Your fears have been unmolested. With me, as always, is Drew Sakagran. Drew! Kind of peppy for me, Chris. That's the, yeah! <laughs> it's a little, it's a little it, peppy. It's called juxtaposition. It's like uh, picturing you with a cat. But I do have a cat. Exactly! <laughs> so it tracks. It all makes sense. Uh, how's it going, Drew? It's going, man. What's up? Welcome to the, the show as per usual, my friend. We mm-hmm. have uh, actually quite a bit to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, we're not, I'm not even going to dick around anymore. We're going to jump right into it. It's time for some... Uh, uh, Christopher Nolan talked. That button actually worked. Yeah, handy yeah. For once. Uh-huh. In 400 episodes, finally mm-hmm. comes in handy. Um, yes, uh, no Hans Zimmer. Instead, we got Ludwig Göransson, but yet plenty of. Looks well, because he was he he was harnessing the power of the Zimmer. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. He, uh, Christopher Nolan was like, "Listen, I want to, <laughs> listen. Hans Zimmer's not here. I want his score. Do it. Thanks. Okay. Hans, is, Hans listen, Ludwig. Hans is a bit busy, and uh, we need a bit of a bomb and a little bit of a wham, and definitely a lot of. A... <laughs> and if you could find a way to make some cool backwards music, that would be fun too. It's going to be key <laughs> to get some backwards music. You'll understand why after you see the script. Um, this is going to be our spoiler-free review of Tiny Guy. Spoiler-free. If you want to hear us go deep into trying to figure it out after 
our initial watch, patreon.com slash Crespediso. Mm-hmm. We spent about 80, 85 minutes just confusing each other. Yes. Back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Very nonsensically. Coming, and and, yeah. non, and non, non-linear. And, you know, yeah, definitely non-linear. <laughs> At times, coming so close to grasping, wait, what? But then it all no. falls apart. It's a lot of fun, guys. So check that out. Uh, patreon.com slash Crespediso. Uh, but I think Drew people will also kind of want to hear, considering uh, March, some March fifteenth, something like that, was mm-hmm. the last time we were actually in a, a movie theater. theater. Yeah. The summer right. went on a Monday evening, six forty-five p.m. Mm-hmm. screening. First thoughts going in. What do you think? It was good. Just, just, just what do you mean? It was good. Like how? <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, well, where is everyone? Well, I mean, it was. I mean, half the time we go to. Uh, you know, like matinees anyway. Yes, so that's true. V- very few people to begin with. But it still even feels like less people with like, was there even anyone? There had to have been someone man in the concession stand. I'm totally okay with there what? not being anybody there or around or anything. I mean, yeah. no, I it's love my it. preferred way. I mean, if I could be alone in the theater by myself, I would be. I wish, I hope they keep the, uh, if I buy a ticket, the other most seats of, block out. I wish they keep that just forever. But most of the time I have to sit near your stupid face because I'm seeing the movie with you. Oh, that's true. I mean, you can always sit somewhere else. Nothing says we have to sit in the same. No, I'm saying I want my own theater. Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that. <laughs> People are renting theaters. I don't have that kind of cash. It's not even that much. Uh, they're renting them out for like a little over 100 bucks, I think. So if you get a few people together, you split it. And that's okay for certain movies. Um, yeah, it was, I felt like you walk into the big auditorium and like all the standees are gone, obviously. Mm-hmm. They don't want anyone lingering and grabbing nope. shit and touching mm-hmm. things. No. A uh, bunch of markers on the floor for people right. to stand on, even though, like I said, there was like no one there. I did see a lack of people at the concession stands. La- which was yeah. nice. I only saw like two people picking stuff up and walking in. And but then when I talked to the guy checking me in the boop with the e-ticket, he was like, "Oh, busy for a Monday." Well, I'm sure. <laughs> and I was like, "Really?" Well, I mean, I'm sure it's. The, he, was, he was surprised at how busy it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, give people are looking for something, anything to do, Chris. Yes. Uh, so you know, yeah, movies. That, that's true. Um. The theater we were in sat about 150 people, 170 people. There were maybe 20 people in the theater. I thought maybe less, yeah. Maybe. maybe. I said maybe. Yeah, 20. so, um, and then there were about six screenings throughout the day, all in different auditoriums, because I scrolled through every uh, screening to see what was going on, mm-hmm. some of the small theaters. See, that'd be weird, just being in one of the small theaters that only sat 30 people, but having 15 people in there feels like that feels uncomfortable mm. versus the same amount of people, obviously, in a bigger theater. Anyway, in a few weeks, we'll, we'll hit up the uh, the Point Orlando when there's only like a handful of tickets sold. That's a big ass room with like almost no one in there. Mm-hmm. That'll be uh, that'll be sweet. Uh, trailers. First time seeing trailers in a the theater in a while. In a while. So even seeing like a dumb comedy, Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, <sighs> I can't barely remember. Even seeing that, I was like, wow trailers <laughs> like look at this i was just patiently waiting for the dune trailer to come out you, i mean the dune trailer trailer yes because i've seen all the other trailer like i saw the new, i've seen the new wonder woman trailer i've seen all these other trailers before just not on the big screen did we had we seen the not the new asteroid one that, that, no the uh yeah the, the, yeah that's the final one that I, has I, like some of the cheetah i, I stuff have in seen there. the yeah. trailer for that stupid asteroid movie where it's like gerard you know, butler versus asteroids again gerard, he, he yeah it's a drive away from asteroids to save his family yeah. uh the trailer is like asteroid hit central florida and it shows like smoking crater in the middle yeah and i was like ooh, i was like oh it's please please if only it definitely felt like a wish fulfillment on the part of the rest of the world yes like uh, but then like why us? well on the part of my world too 
Well, your world specifically. This is this is all your world. This is this is it. <clears throat> it was just gone. Just a smoking crater. That movie looks ridiculous. It, well, I mean, it doesn't look any more ridiculous than every other Gerard Butler has to save his family f- mm. from the world. I uh, I appreciate that he found his niche. And it's not that dumb rom-com niche she was trying to do with Jennifer Aniston and mm. Ke- Ke- Catherine yeah. Heigl movies. No. That was weird. No. But he maybe got paid for this. I mean, he definitely yeah. got paid, but like, not that much. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm hoping he got paid well. I should have added the word. Oh, no. He got paid He, he got paid less than the ladies in that movie, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. They were the draws. He was just a, the mumbly mouth of, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a tough guy mm-hmm. sort of thing going But he looks on. good with his shirt off sometimes. Sometimes. Or he used to. Sometimes. <laughs> it depends on... Um, how much work he's putting into it, I guess, behind the scenes. The uh, Dune trailer confused me for a second. It was like on September 9th. I was like, this movie was never even scheduled for <laughs> September 9th. Why would it have? On uh, September this... 9th, there will be a trailer. Yeah. This is not that this trailer. Not... And I was like, oh. <laughs> so it's a little like, oh, <laughs> that's deflating. Uh, but still, it's pretty interesting. Well, no, it's, I mean, it's got some good. We, we got. Gives we, you an idea. We, and we got, we got good character shots. All, yes, that's what the point of it. It was so, like, look at all the actors and in their various character exactly. and get-ups. And it's yeah. all and the framing device of it is the uh the test that this uh that the lead character has yeah. to do with this box, putting his hand in the box. And that's like the opening pages of the book, which is interesting. So seeing that, I was all right, well now you know the tone of what they're going mm-hmm. for. And then you do get the Hans Zimmer mm-hmm. some of the Hans Zimmer score that he's working yeah. on and, and and you get the shaggy faced Chalamet pulling up Batman trailer. I am vengeance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He put that. He's, uh, he's gonna be sand vengeance, spice, <laughs> spice vengeance. They put out a, a Ven- wait vengeance. Is it? Is this just a Spice Girls movie, Chris? It, it's it's a <laughs> backdoor prequel to the Spice Girls movie. It's a reveal when it becomes a Spice World. Oh, yeah. then, oh. first you have to distribute oh, the spice. That is a weird. It, it's movie, crazy, Chris. right? Yeah, you start, that is a weird movie. You start at Arrakis <laughs> and then you end at the O2 Arena in London. If you want to be my love. That's, that's, that's a weird Spice Girls trilogy. <laughs> Dune 1. Dune. Dune 2. Spice World. Spice World. Was it, is it called Spice World? I don't remember. I can't remember either. <laughs> I just call it the Spice Girls movie. Like I said, Dune 1, Dune 2, Spice World. Spice World. Uh, yeah, people. It's Dune's trilogy. That's, I'll, I'll buy that box set. <laughs> It'd be awesome if Richard E. Grant was in Dune, because then he could be in all three of them. Because <laughs> he, would, he would fit. He could do it. That's how good he is. He could do it. Uh, yeah, so Dune teaser and Wonder Woman, and it was mostly obviously Warner Brothers stuff they were they were showing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that one with the Mel Gibson's Jesus, where he, he he's oh, saving G- the world from brown yes, Islamists. G- yes, Jim Caviezel mm-hmm. is an anti-terror guy. I can't remember the title, of it, but I do remember that it said right up top, um, the Souza Media. Or D'Souza films, and Denish Denish D'Souza is a um, right wing blowhard. He's like the Michael Moore of the wannabe Michael Moore of the right. He's been making cranking out bad, uh, like uh, right wing talking point documentaries that haven't gotten anywhere for the most part. But he still made a name for himself. Mm. But now he's dipping his toes into the uh, the fictional narrative world. Well, I mean, which is smarter. Right wing action. Yes, that's what I was, that's what I was watching. I was like, oh, they get, they have an ethos. <laughs> this movie has a point, and they're sticking to it. It could make for some uh, entertaining, if um, flawed, uh, movie watching. It'll be it'll be terrible. Mm-hmm. And with that guy's not name on it, it's toxic. Uh, and then uh, and then we saw this movie Tenet. Yeah. 
So what'd you think? It was good. It was pretty good. Pretty good, yeah, guys. That's a pretty good movie. It's mm-hmm. confusing, yeah. sure. Yes. I but got... does it have to be? I mean, sort of, Is but it... not. Y- yes and no. no. Uh, I mean, it's all... I mean, I get... For the most part, mm-hmm. it's pretty straightforward but, when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, if you break it down to the overall story beats, like what's ha- what each character wants yeah. and how they go about, not necessarily how they go about getting it, but what, what each character wants and what their story arcs are, well, so to and, speak, and he, that's easy to map out. And even the sci-fi stuff, uh, even though there's not much like talk about like the sci-fi. There's no, like, there's explanation. no explanation. Although yeah. there's very little explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Once you get it down, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to, I mean, to think about to visually watch though on the other hand that can be a bit confusing because you have to look at the world in a new way as they say in the trailer <laughs> but not in the movie weirdly <laughs> it's one of those things don't think just feel uh, they do say that I was even talking to someone else who hadn't seen the movie yet but they were going to and they listened to a podcast review of it and uh, I started bringing up the line I was like there's a line in the movie where the, this character is like don't Try to understand it, just feel it, and he was like, oh, "They said the same thing." <laughs> I was like, "All right, we're all we're yeah. all on the same." We all page. agree then. We're all on the same page. <laughs> so we, we, all, we all picked that up. All right, we, we all picked up on that, and uh, and a lot of the internet <clears throat> seems to be in agreement that there are good chunks of this movie that are unintelligible dialogue wise, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah. is, is that intentional? Is no one doing a yeah, thing on yeah, purpose? Being like, none of this really matters. These characters are going to rattle on all these details about all their the little things about the side missions that they're doing to get to the overall thing and when the movie was over I never felt like like well, you know completely uh, out of the loop when, it was, when yeah. it was over I felt satisfied narratively well I mean at the end of the movie it wasn't like wait a minute that part that I didn't understand I don't that, like that totally wasn't important right right okay yeah, it, make sure. yeah it's not like anything <laughs> it's not like a huge hole is blown in my understanding of the movie that then ruins the whole thing no. it's just all these little details and stuff and in a similar way that like James Bond movies where you watch them and they just careen from country to country Name dropping different people. It's like they, this person has this information. Well, well then I must get to this person, and, and that's like essentially what this movie is. Yeah. He's globe trotting, talks to Michael Caine for one scene, and then uh, it's it's, uh, it's pretty much a James Bond movie. Yeah, which is no one was upfront about wanting to do, which is fine. I'm totally okay with it. Sci-fi James Bond. James Bond itself gets sort of. Well, I mean, touches on sci-fi. I mean, it, what, it only it's evil villains and satellite. I'm about to say it, destruction it, and stuff it, like that. It only touches on sci-fi in the technology portion. Yes, and once again, well, I mean, I guess maybe as a discredit to the sci-fi because most sci-fi is all about the how. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like in this movie, they don't really care about that. It's just like, oh, you never heard of a satellite before? Well, we've got a super big one that shoots fucking lasers. Yeah, and, and so well, I mean, if they're just like it uses a diamond, I'm like, okay, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. This is a diamond shoot laser. Okay. <laughs> this one is just like uh, uh, a scientist invented. They're like, okay, I'm okay. Like, I'm like, all right. I guess that's all we're getting. Yeah. I couldn't take any more. Uh, not a perfect movie. Obviously, no movies are. No. I mean, the handful of them, but movies are. You can't expect them to be. But I just, I like Christopher Nolan movies, and this I'm, is just another one. No, he's he 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 knows what he's doing. He's a great visual storyteller. Yeah. And the 
action scene at the end of this movie is one of the most bonkers things I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Yes, it's a spy like, movie and an action movie. And like it, it goes up to some wild stuff. Like that action scene goes up there with the fucking uh, like half of Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with inventiveness. Um, one of the cool things about it is how much of it is practical, practical, like in camera work that they then you know have to put together afterwards after the fact. Uh, the editing on this thing must have been an absolute nightmare. Oh god, I I could only I I bet seriously I bet you the editor dreamt in reverse. Yeah, like it probably really fucked with his head or her. <laughs> it was her, whoever it was. Yeah, exactly. Was like, <laughs> I'm sure they had weird dreams for a couple months. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm living in this and it's bad. Am I getting younger? Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm definitely wanting to see it again. Uh, feel more of an urge maybe it's cause of the puzzle box nature of the movie but i do feel more of an urge to want to go back to revisit it than i did following uh the last couple of movies interstellar and dunkirk and even dark knight rises yeah. you know i feel like this this feels more like after i saw dark knight or inception i was like what i want to see that again you know it, mm-hmm. it, it's a uh, it's cool how much of that is just being happy to be in them even with the mask on and like looking around making sure no one's coughing no one it was like everyone seemed cool for mm-hmm. the most part uh how much of it is me just being happy to be back in a movie theater? I don't know, Chris. You right. tell me. No, that's what I'm asking you. You're my therapist. I mean, I was happy visually to oh. see it on such a big screen. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, But, I mean, in the same token, it's all... I mean, it's really no different than watching it on my couch. You think so? Even uh, with, like, the, the seat shaking from the, the bombastic score and all well, that? Well, I mean, I mean, sometimes that can take you out of it. Uh, I, I don't. Man, it could be. It could take you out of. It, I mean, I would too much. I'll, I'll tell you what. Sure. I, w- I, w- I will That's not possible. see a Christopher Nolan movie in an RPX theater. That are, because well, of that, that reason. That RPX theater. They they have to bolt those <laughs> seats down or something. They just have to like tighten some screws. I don't know what's going on in there. It rattles. The theater's rattling. Yeah, that's no bad. Uh, but like an IMAX screen. Oh, yeah, that, man, that, that, I mean, especially man, that fucking final action scene on we the IMAX. We're, we're, gonna, <gasps> we're gonna do it. Yeah, we're gonna do mm-hmm. it. Uh, very, very shortly here in a few weeks. Um, who knows? I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure out one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So, uh, if you're comfortable seeing, if you're in a, it all, it's obviously a regional thing. What's what are the infection rates in your area? <laughs> uh, things aren't that great here, but they're better than they were a month and a half ago. Oh yeah. So all things are relative, and. There's still that whole thing where no one's confirmed a case of, you know, catching or getting COVID from going to a movie theater. It's confirmed. It hasn't been confirmed. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Stay safe out there, guys. Use your brains. But hey, if you're going to go see a movie, this is one to go see. As opposed to, like, apparently New Mutants, which we'll talk about in the second half. Or Yeah, no. I'm not. Like, uh, on the hinge. If, 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 if I'm going to risk mm-hmm. getting some sort of crazy disease. Some like there's there, There's only a few movies where I, where I will risk my own health and welfare. Exactly. So, so uh, New Mutants is not one of them. No, no, sorry. Neither was unhinged. Sorry, sorry, guys. No, sorry, no. Russell Crowe. No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, oh, there we go. That's our spoiler-free tenant talk. Let's get into our media diets. I'm thinking of ending things. Yes. Drew Cogburn. Yes. Uh, I am thinking of ending things. I know, so am I. As well. <laughs> <laughs> it can mean so much. The Charlie Kaufman movie, which is an adaptation of a novel, uh, 
but when the movie was over, I was like, I mean, what? How could this even be a novel? And then I and then I pulled up like the Wikipedia They're page, mu- and I was like, oh no, actually, let's see. I mean, if it's an, <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, it's yeah. a surprisingly kind of almost straightforward adaptation. Okay. Just reading the bits, the, the overall beats, mm. but it still felt very. So Kaufman. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. 100%. Right. Yeah. The, the weirdness mm-hmm. and sense of identity. Uh, Mixture of identity. Yes. <laughs> um, who am I? Who are they? Or who are we? Uh, but more, I mean, he's done surreal, right? No. We got being John Malkovich mm-hmm. and Eternal Sunshine, which he wrote. Um, adaptation with the two Nick Cages. I mean, this definitely has surreal moments. Like the New York. Oh, um, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the way the pets act and stuff like that. You know, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, the whole like almost uh, the fine physics sort of way. Yeah. The uh, I, I mean, just the um, I guess the, uh, the time framing device of the time in the house. Yeah. However, that worked. What, whatever it was. <laughs> whatever the fuck that was. Whatever was happening <laughs> in there. Uh, so the movie. Well, and even the time framing of the whole thing, because I mean, if I'm, I mean. I don't want to spoil the movie or anything. Right, exactly. <laughs> For people who don't know what we're talking about, it's a film about a young couple who are on their way to visit the guy's family, his parents at his rural farmhouse, at their old farmhouse. And uh, it's a long drive to get there, and she has this whole running inner monologue in her head where she keeps talking about how she's thinking of anything sort of boyfriend who she just met like six weeks ago. And, uh, but it feels like so much longer. But it feels like so much longer. And, he, and he's like so nice in her team, so why does she want to break up with him? So they have weird conversations. They get to the house. Things get even weirder in there. Tony Collette's the mom. Who fucking killing it. Yeah, she's great. David Thewlis uh, playing the dad. He's, killing uh, it, yeah, too. He's fantastic. Everyone's great. Jesse Plemons is the um, the boyfriend, Jake. I mean, in all reality. And Jesse Buckley is a uh, Everything Lucy. is fairly straightforward until the very end. And then it's like, Meh. well, yeah. <laughs> I feel like at the very end, I mean, I already had a suspicion of what was going on. Yeah, I mean, well, so did I. Right. Um, then I feel like at the very end, I was like, oh, okay, now we're going for the big flourish. But then I, I, I sort of get it. But then do I get it? It's that type of thing where as I was watching the movie, I was like, I don't know about this. And then um, when it ended, I was like, huh. No, I, I was like, th- huh. Yeah. yeah. I thought these, I was like. Oh, so that's where we're... Yeah. Okay. Like, so this is... Okay. Yeah, I was like, gotcha. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then what did just what happened just happened? I think that just happened. Um, and then, you know, I read, read up on the book itself. I was like, all right, that's interesting. Maybe I'll read the book. Uh, it's definitely something that I've thought about since I've seen it a couple nights ago. I can't really rave about it right now, but maybe it's something that I would revisit in the future and, like, understand it more on a rewatch and uh, get more into it. I mean, I don't, the, the only thing that I can rave about the movie is the actors. They all, they're all fantastic. We're fucking top of their yeah, game. They're all fantastic. They all had to do a lot of work. Jesse Buckley. Um, what was she just coming off of? Just reading a, an article about her. Uh, she's got a couple of things coming up right after this. So she's sort of like the new, uh, new uh, girl in the block type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jesse Plemons is always yeah, he's always good. He's always surprisingly good. Huh? Oh, he was in that. Speaking of trailers, that um, uh, Judas and the Messiah, oh, yeah. the Fred Hampton movie. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah. That, that one looks really, really good. It does with uh, Lakeith, Lakeith Stanfield, and mm. uh, what's his face, Chris Kaluuya. Yep. No, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks, looks really, really Daniel good. Daniel Kaluuya. Thank you. Really say Chris Kaluuya. It's even better. <laughs> Chris Kalua is my wrestling name where I come out drinking hey white Russians like, oh, yeah. so you're the dude you're the, you're the WWF fake version of the dude 
Yeah, knockoff dude. Yeah, <laughs> we call you Chris Kaluuya. Chris Kaluuya. Chris Kaluuya, <laughs> the knockoff dude. And I'm just like, <laughs> bullshit. Um, and then I get beat up. It's, yeah, a, it's, a, job, it's a jobber. It's a yeah. jobber position. Yes. Yeah, then I go out there, and then the real star uh, whoops up on you. Whoops on me for about five yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, finishing move. They, and then I pretend like, oh, that guy. Oh, and then I piece on people. Yeah. My, my Kahlua. But anyway, that's where I'm working on, guys. Let me know if uh, you have costume designs. <laughs> looking for I'm looking for some cheap boots. Cheap boots and undies. That, need, that's all they wear, right? Undies? Gonna need a used robe, too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a used robe. I can't afford new. I need a used well, robe no, it has that to someone be, can restitch. I was about to say, it has to be used for the look, for the style. Oh, no, I just can't afford a new one. <laughs> Um. So and it's well, how long is this movie? It's like a little over two, two hour, hours, fourteen minutes. Yeah, it's a little long as well. I took a uh, I I I took, I a, took break. a cigarette break at pretty much every half hour. Oh wow! Yeah, so you turn into a mini series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because after a while, it was like, all right, hang on a second, I got to go back and be like, sure. So what the fuck just happened? Yeah, let me think about this for a second. <laughs> Hold on a second. <clears throat> yeah, it's um interesting movie, especially coming on the heels of something like Tenet. Yeah. Uh, and also Charlie Kaufman, maybe his last movie. He's between uh, from Anomalisa and Selected to New York. Neither of them, like both getting pretty good reviews, but neither making any money, uh, any doing any business whatsoever, has left them pretty uh, apathetic towards making movies at this point, plus age and life experience and all that stuff. So <laughs> this may be it for him. Yeah. I'm thinking of ending things indeed, Mr. Kaufman. So he says, uh, Lovecraft Country. Yes, I saw episode three. Have, didn't watch episode four yet. Apparently episode four, yep, it dropped early, so I watched that last night. Uh, episode three, the pioneering episode. Yes. Is, uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good stuff. Go- fucking nice little ghost story there. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> haunted house yeah. uh, sort of thing. But some, It's like some of it is... Like borders, obviously on on cheesiness, right? Sort of. Uh, I mean, yes at and t- no. At times, yeah, like, in a it, way. It almost feels like... The lead up to mm. super cheese, like it, it can be, yes, like like almost like like the baby headed ghost yeah, basketball like, player, uh, like almost like Dick Van Dyke <laughs> style of just like fifties ultra cheese, yes, and then it like almost immediately like a light switches and it turns into fucking like super dark modern horror, yeah, that's something <laughs> yes, crazier, yeah. yeah, 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 and they really. Amp up the gore factor. Oh at yeah, all. you know if, oh, uh, yeah. when someone gets decapitated, they don't oh, just they, lose their head. No, they you, fucking you gush. see like you see <laughs> the stump. Yeah, the, 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 gush, yeah. gushing blood with every with the, the heartbeat. final heartbeats. Yeah. Oh, boy. oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's inter- interesting. It's bueno. The fourth episode is very good. Um, also, like how each episode has um obvious uh. Uh, influence or whatever that they're going for mm-hmm. and they even just throw up there on the screen episode 4 Journey to the Center of the Earth uh, flashes at one point and a good chunk of it is a it's like um, uh, a horror Indiana Jones ooh fun mm-hmm. I like it mm-hmm. so like it's I want like, cool. so, so like Frank Miller's Indiana Jones sort of yeah starring Rob Pattinson except with uh, starring uh, Jonathan Majors I'll take it yeah yeah, it's very very cool I'll take it I, I enjoyed it a lot Chris start writing start Writing me a black Indiana Jones script. Go. A black Indiana Jones. <laughs> How about I just write an Indiana Jones script and then he's just a black guy? Good enough. Good. I'm okay with that. And then we just class, cast Donald Glover. Okay. Ah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. He's, how come he's not a Uncharted? 
right? Because the, ca- the right, video game character is a white guy, so it can't now, be Donald Glover. Now I want Lord Miller's Donald Glover oh, as they would, Indiana Jones. They would work so well together. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be so good. They work so well together. Talk about a fucking action comedy. Um, Have you watched Raised by Wolves? No, I have not. Okay. Uh, On the list. They did a uh, three-episode three three episode debut. They did the same thing with The Boys, and, uh, and I didn't get a chance to watch that either. I haven't seen season one, though. Oh, it's worth boys, it's worth watching. So I'm going to have to get on that. But uh, Raised by Wolves, yes. Uh, three eps in, and it is pretty wild. Yeah. I got to say, the... Uh, going some places I didn't expect and um, already bringing up some interesting sort of moral quandaries and then very on the nose about the uh, uh, beliefs like clashing beliefs atheists versus theists and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, it's very really Scott which, yeah. is, which is awesome Great. It, it's, uh, it looks amazing well cause fucking really Scott and uh, it's fucking really Scott and it's about uh, androids and shit so they even have like a, a milky blood in some ways they're not exactly straight up androids from the alien universe but, but it, close enough it feels like it's all the really Scott universe yeah. <clears throat> the Scott universe um, I really like it Raised by Wolves very looking forward to it very starting good. Um, reading a book I'm halfway through a book I'm comfortable enough to say that it's worth other people checking out if they're interested it's called The Mirage Factory by Gary Christ K-R-I-S-T and it's about the birth of Los Angeles. Hmm. Following three people specifically. Hmm. William Mulholland, who brought water to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, D.W. Griffith, who helped, uh, was a very influential in um, building Hollywood, essentially. And Amy McPherson, who was a uh, Pentecostal preacher who went to L.A. and like blew up there as a Pentecostal revivalist. And... Open the door for LA. Be like you know, spirituals of all sorts, not just Pentecostalism, but New Age and all that. So crap. it sounds uh, sounds like uh, the story of uh, the Perry Mason show that we're watching right now on the, HBO. The, <laughs> the similarities all those between are, yes, I, but that's probably just because they said it in LA in that time period. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I think the parallel between the. That the lady, the the sister character in Perry Mason, yeah. I think that is a very direct thing. On the nose, yeah, kind cause, of. Because now I just started getting into the chapters today. Like halfway through the book, started getting into the Amy McPherson stuff. Yeah. And it's like, this sounds pretty much like. Well, okay, so at least, at least we know where a character was inspired I, from I, then. I, I believe so. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm. Also, the cool thing about it, it reminds me of the one of the best, uh, some of the books, best books I've read. Is the Edmund Morris, I believe his name is, um, Theodore Roosevelt trilogy biography. Theodore Rex. Um, yeah, Theodore Rex is the the first one. And the cool thing about the way it's written is that it's impeccably uh, researched so that it's written in a way that it's not like a textbook recitation of facts, but it's very, uh, it, it really paints a scene and has characters and they have dialogue and stuff like that, and everything is sourced from diaries and newspaper clippings and letters. Uh, so it makes for a great, great, fascinating read. This book is done the same way, where anything it has an annotation right at the beginning, like any, everything you read here has been like sourced to hell. And then the last, uh, like the book itself is about three hundred and fifty pages, and then there's another hundred pages or so of bibliography and notes and and. Um, it's like, hey, you don't believe us? Check yeah, out this. Here, here. <laughs> like, you don't think this person said this? It was pulled from this, this source right yeah. here. It's pretty cool. Uh, great read. I'm really, really, really enjoying it. Not just for the sections on 
the birth of Hollywood and all that, but it really is just fascinating how the city came together in so many ways. So that covers all of it, even racial demographics, how uh, all that stuff broke down, and how it, L.A. is a city that shouldn't have been, and it really was more of a just a crazy improvisational experiment of city engineering. It's very cool. The Mirage Factory. Highly recommend. All right, that's my media diet. What else you got? Oh, uh, I watched the new episode of Holy Moly. <laughs> yeah. One more episode until the finale. Um, is it like tournament style? Do they bring players back throughout the season? So no, the way it works is... Or every, is it just new contestants the, every episode? New contestants every episode. The last episode is all the winners from all the episodes. And how many episodes have there been? Uh, I think 11 or 12. So that last one's going to be like a melee? Because they only do two people per rep, right? Yeah. Well, no, no they do. No, because it's, it's, it's broken down tournament style. So they do two, four, six, eight, ten... That's actually 12 holes. Okay. Well, no, 12 people, six holes. 12, okay. Yeah. So, still a decent amount. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's fine. It's totally moly. It's, uh, it's, e- it is an hour of not thinking. <laughs> that seems kind of long. Yeah, for, 45 minutes of Rob Riggle saying silly things and people hurting themselves. Man, sure. Hey, that's like, uh, it's a f- my version of putting that on is uh, I watch a few more episodes of Supermarket Sweep. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that is that very, is my very, it, it is my Supermarket Sweep. Very, I put it on. I use my phone. I look very loud. I yell Cascade, and then like ding ding ding, I'm like all right. And exactly. Back to my phone. I'm on my phone. I, I'm on my phone. I, I, I look, look up. <laughs> I, I look up. I watch somebody go face first into a padded pole and then into a pool. That's I laugh. Fun. See, that's fun. <laughs> Supermarket Sweep could have used more people falling into pools and stuff yeah. or hitting themselves. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so holy, holy, holy moly on Hulu, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I watched the uh, that class action park documentary on HBO Max. I've seen clips of it. Uh, is it good? You like it? I mean, it's fine. It's it it's the true story of this fucking shithole backwoods New Jersey yeah. theme park. Yeah, with, with uh, cement su- slides. And I'm, shit. I'm surprised. I don't. I didn't hear a story about you getting your ass kicked there one day. I, yeah, never, <laughs> never never went there. Uh, didn't know about it. Um, I don't think I don't think I lived that close to it at okay. any point. And they did that um, Johnny Knoxville movie, Action Park. I sort of want to see that. Although I got terrible reviews. Like, what else do you want? Just these guys hurting themselves. You know, seriously though, I I think the documentary would be a better watch. Yeah, because it's I think it would be more a more truthful story. of film. sure the, the Johnny Knoxville one. Although it's a, it's a fictional. Although although funny, I'm sure for the pranks and for the whatever, this that the other, doing. I'm mm-hmm. sure it paints him as just a happy-go-lucky guy. Hey, hey, hey. The, the dude who ran the place was kind of a fucking asshole. So. Interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. To, to have that kind of place that's so hazardous and just to not give a shit. Yeah, mm. Just to crank mm. out bucks. Mm. They can call their place Traction Park for kind of... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Class Action Park is a pretty good nickname, too. <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah. It was uh, totally worth watching. And the great part is the majority of the, the people talking about it mm-hmm. were the teenagers who worked there. Awesome. <laughs> so they they know what they're, was going on. They're all dropping dimes. Exactly. Oh man. Well, it, Ain't no more loyalty because they're all fucking in their thirties and forties yeah, now. Don't, they don't give a shit. Anymore. No, they're grown adults and they're like, I cannot believe we fucking did this like, shit. Like I can't wait to tell this story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's very funny. I know that's on HBO. Yes. Right. HBO yeah. Max. HBO Max, baby. Uh, watched the uh, episode five of Muppets Now because Muppets Now. Muppets right? Now. Yes, that's one I got a. Uh, Letting a couple build up now, so I can because we already mentioned before how fast they go. Twenty minutes, boom, done. Yes. But it's the same thing with Holy Moly. So like, pair that with a Holy Moly, ninety minutes gone. Gone. Time for bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also watched a uh, thirty-minute little thing, uh, the making of The Witcher on Netflix. Oh, cool. So it was just a little thirty-minute thing talking, you know, to the people about how they made the show, yeah. The Witcher. And it was fun. Uh, 
it's cool that they Netflix needs to do more stuff like that. Put yes. out put out little things that are like making ofs and what used to be DVD featurettes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You because it, it, depending, I mean, if you're already invested in the show, it's fun to watch how they made it. And maybe you might stumble across it and watch that. It almost works as a trailer. Like, oh, exactly. this actually looks really interesting. Yeah. Because it's also made in the EPK sort of way, where it's not like they get into spoilers and no, stuff, do they? No, it, it's it's designed sort of to yeah, they, exactly. To watch it. They just talk about like their general feeling about the character yeah. and this, that, the other, and mm-hmm. how they think they should play it. Mm-hmm. You know, compared you know compare it to the video game and the book and mm-hmm. the blah blah blah. Sure. So you know, yeah. telling how this is you know their version of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got season two. Yeah. Work, they're working on working it. on it. Yeah. I'm just- Another show I gotta watch. It's a, it, it's a problem. I gotta watch The Witcher now. It's it's a problem when your uh, protagonist is also Superman. He is Superman, so that, is, that that can be rough. He is Superman, maybe, maybe even still James Bond. We'll talk <laughs> about that in the second half of the show. Uh, also watched uh, on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. It's called The Vow. Yes, the Nexium. Uh, how many episodes? There's only like two or three, right? There's three of them now. Three right now. Fucking. Fascinating. Yeah, that, dude. that I definitely gotta watch. Oh my god. See, see I watch Raised by Wolves. You watch the Vow. Exactly. See, I only like I, I knew all I knew about the story was from the headlines. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Keith Rainier guy, this is what he did. There were some Hollywood people involved yeah. and the, small, the Smallville actress got busted. Exactly. That's what like kind of broke the story now. Um and it starts so far. Like the so it, it starts with uh it this is all this was all recorded mm-hmm. and done while he was doing it all. Yeah. And it's the guy who did What the Bleep Do We Know. The director from that. No shit. After he did What the Bleep Do We Know, yeah. he got involved in this fucking Nexium shit. And the next 12 years of his life, he spent making, producing movies and videos for Nexium. Like uh, bring, L. Ron Hubbard style. Yeah. Wow. And then, but he was also one of the first to kind of see what was going on and break free. But the, th- the great thing was, he documented because the guy who wants uh, he's filming everything and so he keeps everything so he kept it all and now he's awesome. turned it into the show that, makes, that so, makes the show good so it's 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 produced and directed by a brilliant fucking filmmaker yeah the guy who already had interest in yeah uh, interest. so that by itself makes it a real not only is the story fascinating That's but it's made so well yeah so because he knows it's not yeah it's a bummer when you see a documentary on a good topic and like man this is really poorly made mm-hmm. it's like YouTube level shit yeah all right. So it's re- it's it's fascinating. It is a fucking crazy watch. Watch the goddamn vow. Yeah. Motherfucker. Goddamn modern cult shit, man. Adriel Max just killing it, man. They are. Killing it, 100%. I mean, so, so worth whatever price you pay for. Oh, uh, and then on Hulu, they dropped Dark Side of the Ring Season 2. Oh, thanks for reminding me about this. I still have yet to watch this. So I watched all of Season 2, all 10 episodes. And uh, what are some of the standouts? All right, so uh, episodes 1 and 2. Chris Benoit story. Yes, the Wolverine. Yes. So, but two episodes. Two episodes. It's so epic. Dude, it is. Any uh, answers? Any any satisfying? Uh, yeah, because they, they, they go into the uh, CTE stuff and the steroids sure, and the drug yeah. use and, yeah. and, and, and you know, uh, Eddie Guerrero dying. And yeah. Every, it, it, it basically just shows that it was like, it was a fucking perfect storm. Like, Damn. Granted, any one of these things mm-hmm. like could have triggered. Well, any one of those one things could have been a downfall for anybody, yeah. and have been downfalls in the past. Yeah, but he was. It was just an avalanche. It was one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. Damn it, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. So it, it was fucking fascinating. Crispin, and sure. it's okay. it it's really 
it's interesting watching these guys both because a lot of these guys knew Chris Benoit mm-hmm. and were friends with him yeah. and this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. And it's them reconciling the two sides sure. of this coin. This, yeah. this this great man who they were friends with who cared for his family. and this, But then he went off and fucking murdered them all. Yeah, but they did, so, something, they did something monstrous. Exactly. So there's... It's uh, tough. That's Yeah, that's a hard... But, but, then, but then again, that seems to be the, uh, the theme of the, this entire season. So it's so, all people talking about the wrestlers. Like, what? Is there a Jimmy Snuka episode? Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Episodes one and two, Chris Benoit. <laughs> episode three, New Jack. Oh, New Jack. That's a fucking story, yeah, dude. A <laughs> uh, uh, sad story. It's still ongoing. Yes. Yes. Um, Simon Time is friends with New Jack. Interesting. Which is because uh, yeah, he's, he's known for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, New Jack is very, very complicated. Oh yeah. Oh, and he gets. And, and, and this is all. This, Does it go into his transgender daughter? No. He has a transgender. Doesn't go, it doesn't go into his family. And then he has a transgender daughter who he's completely disowned, yeah. and uh, has even denied like they've been or related or anything like that. I just saw like a, uh, she tweeted something yeah. recently, and I was like, "Damn, New Jack, <laughs> just gets worse with you." <laughs> uh, ep- episode four is the brawl for all for it all. The story about the how. WWF tried to get into mixed martial arts. Oh yes, and, they, and like they knocked out. Uh, they had Dude, real wrestlers go in, and ev- people were getting knocked out. Everybody got hurt. Everybody got knocked. And you know what? It was all just the, every one one guy in the front office mm. wanted to see uh, Bradshaw get knocked out. And that's the only reason this whole thing happened. Did Bradshaw get knocked out? Yeah, good. <laughs> So it was worth it. Yes, uh, I remember they. That was right when they just signed Doctor Death, Steve Williams, and they ended his career right there. Fuck, yeah. like he was the, uh-huh. gonna be yep. like the next big presence yeah. in WWE. And, and he tore his fucking ACL and got knocked out on live television by nobody. Yes, <laughs> and it was over. Yeah. God, so stupid. Uh, they go into all I of do it. Do remember Brawl for it all? They, they, so funny. They go into all of it. It's great. Uh, episode five is Jimmy Snuka and mm-hmm. the death of Nancy Argentino. Ooh, that's so sad. they go through sad. the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, episode six. Dino Bravo. What happened with Dino Bravo? Oh, yeah. Didn't he murder someone? No, he got murdered. He was... Well, he was murdered. Yeah. So so the entire time he was a professional wrestler, he, yeah. he was also a cigarette smuggler and mob enforcer. He straight up got taken out. Damn, Dino. That's crazy. And, and no, nobody knew that he was into cigarette smuggling up until like maybe a year ago. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. So it all all that stuff just I for, came I forgot out. that he came to a bad ending. Yeah, he he got shot uh the Quebecer. A, 11 times in the body, 7 times in the head. Well, he's a big guy. Yeah, you, yeah. you got to put him down, man. While he was watching television. Oh, so at least he was relaxed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh ep- episode 7 Damn. was the uh the David Schultz slap heard around the world. Yes, what he uh that was Dr. What was it? Dr. D. Dr. D. I think it was was it standing for Dr. Death? I don't think so. Um, yeah, and the guy was like, is wrestling real? And he clapped yep. him on the ear. Twice. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. And then, like... That's so funny. Yeah. And then a few months later, fucking Vince McMahon lifted the veil anyway, so it was all for naught. I think he had to at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, that's so crazy. So they had the, it goes about the whole story, what he did afterwards, mm-hmm. how it all happened. Yeah, because his career was over by that point. Yeah, yeah he was done for. Uh, episode 8. All to protect the business. That's crazy. Episode eight was about the UWF, a, a small startup in the '90s that mm-hmm. tried to compete with Vince McMahon and okay. failed fantastically. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Uh, that one—that's news to me. Uh-huh. That's a fun one, dude. Uh, they had a—they had a 
lot of people signed, and like nobody ever showed up to any of the shows. Cactus Jack was part of it for a long time. Really, they, I wonder the, why. Uh, he, this guy, actually convinced Andre the Giant to come back. Wow. Re- remember when Andre came back to the WWF after however many years? Mm-hmm. A week before he came back to the WWF, he came back on the UWF. Wow. Because he got paid enough. Vince McMahon found out, snatched him up, right back up. Wow, I was <laughs> like, if you're willing to do that, then I'll pay you whatever they're paying. Yeah. Of course. You can't, <laughs> have, you can't have someone else have Andre the fucking giant. I don't care if he's two years away from death. So at that point, he was like, yeah. well, two years away from yeah, death. Something something like that, that. Yeah, something like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, I had no idea about that one. All right, yeah. that sounds great. Uh, episode nine was the story of the Road Warriors. Hawk and Animal. One of them's dead now, right? Yes. Yes, okay. A- addiction, I think. Uh, I think it was alcoholism, actually, wasn't it? No, uh, so... Yes, addiction problems. Yes, alcohol problems. Motherfucker found Jesus, was clean, remarried for three years. Okay. Heart failure because of uh, all the drugs. That's just wrestling. Yeah, Ultimate yeah. Warrior, heart failure. Macho Man, yeah. heart failure. Yeah, Him too, heart all, failure. That's all of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, he he I, did almost die of drugs uh, a couple times, but he didn't. I was a big fan of uh, Legion of Doom. Exactly. Yeah. And then episode 10, the Owen Hart story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Blue blazer, baby. But, but, That's but, sad. But, but but they go into the whole thing yeah. and they tell you and you you find out how he died. But that the harness failing? All of it. They, they go all into the deeds of Not of just the, the harness failing. It was they used the wrong fucking harness. Well, okay. Obviously something <laughs> went wrong, so they just used the wrong harness. Yeah, they used a sailing harness that wasn't meant because they were looking for a quick release. Yeah. They didn't realize that the quick release on the sailing harness was a weight quick release so it happened you pulled on it and it was done what they didn't realize Mm -hmm. that when he put all his weight down to come down that was enough weight to that was the release boom the the second he got taught it snapped and he he didn't have never had a chance to have a chance then he hit his head on the turnbuckle when he got down they don't know face first i think no back first he he fell back first back first in front of people no damn it then they continue the show yeah, they talk. They they they, they go through they, all of it. Yeah, they, the show yep. must go on. Yeah. Mantra. Oh, uh, who is uh, 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 Jim Ross? Yeah, still feels so awful yeah. about that. He should. <laughs> Everyone involved should. Talk about him. He's should. like, he's like, I can't believe that Vince told me to do that. I can't believe that I did it. Yeah. I can't believe. He's like, that's one of the worst stains on my career. Mm-hmm. There, we, there we go. There. Um, I'm gonna have to watch. I'm gonna have to watch and, all this. And, and that was how ten, long the episode? Hour? Forty five minutes. Oh, okay, I have to watch this goddamn yeah. shit. Uh, and be careful. It's on Hulu, and Hulu knows that it's popular, so there are commercials. Yeah, ads crazy. Yeah, I don't pay for the for the ad free version. Yeah, it is ads crazy. So watch out. Goddamn Hulu ads. Because ads are so much louder. They're so much louder. I don't, I don't you don't know, notice that when well, I'm watching, I got to turn down the volume mm-hmm. on the ads, and I got to turn it back up. So I go, what are they saying? I got mm-hmm. obnoxious, but it's fine. Um. All right. Is that it? That's a full. Yep. That's a full. No, ten episodes. Media diet for the week. Goodness gracious! Uh, Got to let our brains uh, take a break for a second. Well, that's why I watched the dark side of the ring stuff. It's, I didn't have. But it's I, so dark I, though. I didn't have. Yeah, but I didn't have to think about anything. I just had to watch and be like, oh, just get fed. <laughs> just get fed crazy. Yeah, and oh my god, that's fair. And the vow. Oh my goodness, you're Chicago. Dude, that vow stuff. The, the that's old, why you're watching Muppets now and no, Holy Moly. The, seriously, I I wasn't like I was just like you know like I. I knew about the story just through the headlines, and I was like, you know what? Let's just watch the first episode and see how it's done. And and it's done so well. Well, the, the quality, and like I said, yeah. it's done by 
a real fucking documentarian. He documented everything while it was happening. It's so fucking fascinating. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's nuts. That's pretty wild. Definitely gonna have to uh, watch it. Like watch I it have, I, I don't know. There's a there's a sick part of me that makes me think that, uh, like, I mean, this might as well have just been like the Jesus and the fucking thirteen apostles. Like, the, oh, the, yeah. the, this is one dude. No. Small sect of people that are really into what he's saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of creepy. You get it. You understand it. No. Man, the cults, cults happen. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, we just start our own. I mean, we, we can start with the Patreon. I'm, I'm nowhere near charismatic enough to be a cult leader. You need a certain amount of charisma to be a cult leader. Yeah, I don't think we, I don't. I don't, we, I don't we, have we that. Got that. We, yeah. we ain't got that. No, yeah. we're, I mean, I, we're I have lacking. I have the drive, and I'm totally morally bankrupt enough to, you know, do something like that. Sure. But, so, so you can work for a cult leader, but like in a higher up position, yeah, yeah, where you can yeah. get some runoff. Uh huh. Oh, isn't that the point? Get some cult runoff. Isn't that the point? It is. It's all about <laughs> getting lead in some in some degree. Uh, guys, we are going to take a break uh, here. Uh, if you have uh, opinions uh, or reviews, let us know. Leave us a voicemail one eight five five. Crispy so says what, and uh, we'll play them on the show if I can find them. Uh, just like I happened across uh, this voicemail. So here you go. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. One eight five 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 two seven three seven six three four seven six seven two nine seven is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Yo, what up, show? Uh, I went and saw uh, Tenant this weekend, this Thursday. It was a matinee show on three thirty. Um, obviously mass social distance, uh, wash my hands going in. Uh, there was like four other people uh, in the theater, but they were all spread out. Uh, so I wasn't really planning to go see a movie this year, especially. Uh, but I kind of I kind of saw things, I heard things, and kind of rationalized my mind that it was okay to go out. Um, so I had a, that's pretty much a typical theater experience. It's usually like, you know, it's lesser people. I do it when it's off time. I don't really go on the weekends or anything. Anyways, no spoilers. Tenet is batshit bonkers, okay? It's one of the most ambitious things I've ever seen, and not a lot of people are gonna go watch it, and the people that do watch it will mostly hate it. A great majority of people will hate this movie. Um, yes, there are problems, you know, that they discuss in the Patreon episode with Chris and Drew, uh, but Nolan is a GOAT, man. Um, I put this up there with movies like Memento, Prestige, Inception, Interstellar. Um, in my mind, these are very cerebral movies with uh, great visuals. Um, so this is very much a Nolan classic, and the movie is just insane, and you'll probably hate it. Um, no spoilers. Um, so I say go watch it whenever it's convenient for you to go watch it. If you decide to do it now, that's okay. I did it, so I guess blame me. Or just whenever it comes out on streaming, whenever it's available uh, on streaming or for rental, definitely go watch it, man. It's just a 2020 must-watch uh, whenever and wherever it's available. So. Uh, also, I want to discuss like uh, a couple trailers that I like that are really interesting. There's a Gerard Butler like asteroid movie, which I'm not typically into like disaster movies, but uh, it looked like there was like, a little sci-fi in there, and that definitely piqued my interest. Um, also, the Black Panther movie with Daniel Kaluuya and the Keith Stanfield. Uh, that one, you know, that one I'm gonna check out. Also, I saw Doom, but okay, I'm gonna watch it. I don't want to talk about Doom because. I'm gonna definitely watch it. So yeah, alright. Peace.
Thank you. Your message has been sent. Goodbye. All right. We're back. Uh, second half of the show. Here we go. Patreon.com slash So That's where you want to go if you want to know what we're thinking about stuff. I read out of O words. <laughs> it doesn't feel like thinking of it anymore. <clears throat> Guys, it's Drew Sikogman over there. How are you doing, Drew? Chris. Uh, you have not been body snatched, as far as I know, by some sort of alien while you were gone for those couple minutes there. You did disappear for a few minutes. I mean, if I was, would I tell you? I feel like it's the law. If you're like, like if you're a cop, and I ask you to tell me you're a cop, I, I don't think that's. So that's if real. you're if you're a body snatcher, I legally don't. you have to tell me if you're a body snatcher. I don't think that, I don't, don't think so. I don't think that's real. I guess we just have to take this to the Supreme Court. <laughs> Shout out to the Supreme Court. Um, Cinema Crespity So Instagram Crespity So Twitter etc cetera, etc cetera, Facebook group. Um, join a Facebook group, but also delete your Facebook account. It's a hard Wait. thing. It's a hard thing. <laughs> what? How does that work? Trying to, I'm trying to promote the group, but I'm also trying to promote the idea of everyone getting on Facebook. Okay. So. I'll get on that. Whichever happens first. I'll get, I'll get on getting off. Yeah, you're barely on it, so you no. should just get off of it. Okay. Yeah. But don't, you probably shouldn't delete your account because then they'll take over. Like, just don't, just deactivate it. I don't know. Read up about it. Okay. It's Facebook. They're evil. Um, some antiques episode one eighty six guys. You can check that out. I appeared on the on that much more popular show. Uh, you can hear me talk about stuff, just like they do here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why you want to do that, but hey, it's semantics. They're they're very nice people, very cool people. Um, all right, Drew Cogburn. Let's see. Like I said, we do have the the Facebook group. I uh, put up the question and comment thread that people can use if they want. Our Facebook group members can leave a comment or question there, and we'll read it just like this. Uh, Tommy Conant says, What's up, Tommy? Episode 400, congrats. Oh, thank you very much. That's all I got. Carmella asks. What's up, Carmella? Chris. That's me. What is your favorite part of working with me, the Dylan McKay of Orlando Podcasting? Ah, yes, the dreamy loner of Orlando Podcasting. <laughs> is that who Dylan... I don't even know who Dylan McKay is. That's uh, Luke Perry's character in 90210. Ah, okay, <laughs> cool. He's the one who's like... I'm nowhere near as rich as him, though. That motherfucker was loaded if, I was, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because his dad got arrested for, like, white-collar crimes. He was embezzling and shit. Man, I wish so my dad yeah. was cool enough and... Smart enough to embezzle. Apparently not, right? <laughs> nope. Not for us. Not for our sakes. Um, best part will obviously be getting to sit here and look into Drew's baby blue eyes. That's what it's all about. My eyes aren't blue, Chris. Hmm? Say what? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy sitting around me? Who are you? Maybe I was buddy snatched. Never. <laughs> Never looked at this guy before. Uh, all right, Carmella. Thanks what for What color are my eyes, Chris? They're... Uh, they're as, bra- <laughs> as brown as your doo-doo. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's always an easy guess to say someone's got brown eyes, right? Anyway, sight unseen. I mean, yeah, unless, like you know, they, they don't. Some and, dumb number like and, that. And, and then you get slapped in the face. They're like, bitch, they're hazel. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Oh, you're so 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 special. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that that was a thing that people were going to get all mad about, get yeah. all uppity about it. They are. Um, you can email us cinemacrespedisa.gmail.com and we'll read it. But if you don't email us, then we won't read it. That's how that works. I got nothing to read. That's fine. So we can move on now. Let's see. We got a. We do have a new segment. We got a, a new returning segment, which is. Chris Crespo reads EW Magazine, so you don't have to. All That's right. right. I, got, I got this. Got your, uh, got, got this month's copy of Entertainment Weekly. This month's copy of Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Right? Uh, and it's their 30th anniversary issue, so it's real jerk-off-y. <laughs> I was about to say, look what we did 30 years ago. Aren't we cool? Yeah, it's like, look how awesome we are. So it's like, oh, God, I, got, I get this for free, guys. Don't, don't. You know, be too happy. Don't make me want to throw this away. But here we go. So I, I did the, the the Lord's work of going through all this page by page for you, so you don't have to do it. So here we go. Here are your your top three things to know from this week's, uh, this week's this month's Entertainment Weekly. Also, it was Slim Pickens. Um, they did a short little interview with Tom Holland for the Netflix movie come out, The Devil All the Time, mm-hmm. where he plays a guy, an uh, Alabama dude, and they actually shot in Alabama and stuff like that. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, produced it is an interesting detail here because here we go. Um, the question your Spider Man Far From Home co star Jake Gyllenhaal is a producer on the film. Who got who involved? Tom Holland says, When Jake and I were working together on Spidey 2, he was asking me what I was going to do next, and I told him about this movie. He was like, Wait a minute, I'm producing that movie, and I was like, Well, I'm in that movie. So, so they, they didn't even know they were working together when they were working together. When they were working together on something else. I was, uh, the wonderful wild world of producing entertainment. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you, Entertainment Weekly. That's the exact kind of journalism you expect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this was interesting. They did they, they, they do a pretty good piece here uh, entitled American Horror. Black filmmakers are revitalizing the horror genre. We go inside the fall's most chilling films into Bill and Bad Hair and the new Candyman explore how black history is black horror. Uh, pretty good article here, but there's a little sidebar. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Lovecraft Country is pretty much showing that another, uh, another great example there. Whether yeah. whether there were monsters or not, uh, Jim Crow America was a fucking horror show. It, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And not just Jim Crow America, but also, I mean, just America. Yeah. Artem, Artem is in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. The uh, director of Candyman, Nia DaCosta, they asked her uh, for a couple influences, so she threw these out there real quick. Apocalypse Now. When DaCosta, now 30 years old, saw Francis Ford Coppola's war epic in high school, she was aroused by how it, quote, adapt- it was adapted from a book, but took place at a different time and place she adds then just like the absolute fucking audacity i was impressed by it um also cites american beauty annette benning's turn in alan ball's dark comedy opened the console's eyes to the power of acting when she was 11 years old i was 18 her parents never watched out. that at 11 maybe <laughs> maybe she snuck it in the fact that i could enjoy a movie i didn't really understand because of how forceful and thoughtful the performances were and also the direction and everything that made me realize film was what I wanted to do. Wow, there you go. Very influential on Nia DaCosta. Um, here we go. Final point from EW. This is they did uh, 30 perfect punchlines and the stories behind them going through the last 30 years of uh, uh, TV punchlines, trying to do a wide swath. This show isn't into, uh, I know you watched it. But it's an inter- interesting little uh, tidbit in here, a little factoid that 
I think you'll you'll appreciate this. The, it's from How I Met Your Mother. Mm. Mm-hmm. The quote is uh, Barney, who's Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. And so you're, I think you already know where this is kind of going. Mm-hmm. It's one of his legendary catchphrases. Mm-hmm. It's going to be legend, wait for it, and I hope you're not lactose intolerant because the second half of that word is dairy, is the quote. Mm-hmm. Right here. But all these little quotes come with tiny little blurbs about the quote itself. Showrunners Craig Thomas and Carter Bays are still envious that the episode's writers, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, <laughs> of course they did, brainstormed this intricate quote. Ah, oh, that's that's why I liked that show so much. I knew there was something about it. They fucking wrote it on was it. Fucking, it was Lord Miller. Lord created Barney's catchphrase, catchphrase legendary, and Miller couldn't resist his love of lactose intolerant jokes. Uh, it makes us a little gassy. I'm not saying who. It makes. Yeah, I'm not saying who he cracks, but Thomas and Bayes would get the last laugh. Literally, they added the second half of that word is to make the gag even more tortured. Uh, Lord Miller, of course. That's why it came See, up with the, I knew the were, legendary tag. I knew there was a reason why I liked that garbage show, Chris. So something, something, <laughs> something, something about shining, it. <laughs> something was shining through. God damn it, fucking Lord Miller. That's pretty wild. Well, that is. I, I was sorry to read that. I was like, what? These goddamn names coming up again. Um, okay, let's see here. Let's pull up some uh, some stories. We got a decent amount of stories here, guys. As we finish up the, the last half hour of the show. Um, we mentioned it before, but Rocky IV is getting a director's cut. Uh, Sylvester Stone revealed it in the comments section of his own Instagram page once. When someone asked him if we could get a director's cut of Rocky Balboa. And he's like, no, but actually I'm working on a Rocky IV. That's the first anyone heard of it. And nobody cares. Someone cares enough to give him the money to do it because it is happening. Drew Sikogber, and he's confirmed we're getting a director's cut of Rocky IV. Um, someone even asked him if it's going to have more robot, but I think he said uh, it's going to have less robot, which actually makes me kind of sad. Oh. Because that robot was awesome. For the 35th anniversary, Rocky IV is getting a new director's cut by me, Stallone said in an Instagram post on, this is last Sunday, so far it looks great. Soulful. Thank you, MGM. <laughs> Says his own director's cut looks soulful. Never one for lack of humility. Good old Sylvester Stallone. So, true. Looking forward to that. Because, I mean, the movie itself is just three training montages and then one scene of him driving around listening to sad music. And a crazy robot. And then Creed dying. And then a crazy robot. And then Apollo Creed dying. It's really a short movie. What do you think? Let me break it down that way. What could they add besides more robot? Apparently less robot. That See, that's a bummer. Um, Bella Thorne. Actress. Heard of her? Should I have... Mm. I don't think she's really doing anything that's in your wheelhouse. Okay. Well, there we go. Unless you're uh, on OnlyFans. Excuse me? You know OnlyFans isn't were... That, isn't that like uh, Instagram for porn stars? It's so it's become... It's pa- Patreon for... Oh, okay. Patreon for porn stars. For people who are just trying to make some money. So, uh, she got herself a little bit of hot water when she advertised that she was going to be putting up some nudes, opening up with OnlyFans and put up some nudes and people were going to have access to them for... $200 a pop. Whoa! She raised a, a, a million dollars overnight. Holy crap. In 24 hours. Man, that's a lot of horny dudes. And then she put out pictures of herself in lingerie, and people got really, really mad. Well, yeah. And, and OnlyFans got really, really mad. And uh, it turned into this whole thing. And uh, she even said that she wanted to make an OnlyFans movie and said that she was going to make it with 
Sean Baker, who did um, Florida Project and Tangerine. Okay. And then he put out a statement and was like, I did talk to her once about an idea, but we are not actively working together. I'm working on other things. I'm not working with this lady right now. So she's out there being all kinds of crazy, ripping people off for money, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that sounds like par for the course for Hollywood. Doesn't it? Good old Hollywood. Um, so, yeah, but also she's, I guess she's trying to make a documentary about about sex workers using OnlyFans and stuff like that to reclaim their profession. Good for her? Russell Crowe is going to star in a movie with Stephen James. Stephen James being the the lead from Homecoming and If Beale Street Could Talk. Okay. And do you remember the movie A Prophet? The from two thousand nine, a young kid, like an eighteen year old kid, goes into a prison, like in Turkey somewhere, uh, and then comes out like five, six years later, like a hardened uh, gangster criminal. Don't think I ever saw that. Man, I'm pretty sure we saw it together, but I only saw that one time. Really good movie called A Prophet, being remade English language called American Son, starring Stephen James and Russell Crowe. Okay. Uh, I highly recommend people. It's a French film. I highly recommend people check out. A prophet. It's uh, oof, harrowing. It's like a modern day um, Midnight Express. No, Midnight Run. Ooh, which one is it? Well, almost with Charles Grodin, and one of them is in the Turkish prison. But they both have Midnight in the title, and Midnight Run, Midnight Express. Those are kind of interchangeable. Sort of interchangeable. I mean, if the Express is running. Chuck a look, chuck a look, chuck a look. Um, New Mutants. I said we we're going to talk about New Mutants. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I saw two people walking into that theater while we were going to see Tenet. Like, what, what's wrong with you? That's exactly people? what I was thinking. I was like, Tenet's right. Guys, wrong theater. Tenet's wrong, here. You're, yep, yep. Yep. This is auditorium, guys. Um, We reported last week how creator Bob McLeod, McLeod, McLeod. How do you say it? McLeod. How this guy got all upset that they changed uh, his all well, the I characters, mean, how they looked. It, 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 they it, whitified it, the it, Brazilian it, guy. Mm-hmm. He got his name wrong. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I'm done with this movie. Uh, backtrack, backtrack. Walk back, walk back, walk back. Ah. Someone called him, got upset. He was like, oh, boy. He put on Twitter. Sorry. I'm a bit overwhelmed by the explosive news coverage. My comments yesterday about the new mutants received. For the record, I did not say it was a bad film. I haven't even seen it. And I think it looks like great fun, actually. I was merely expressing my disappointment that the characters and the signature attributes I gave them when I created their images. Um. So yeah, he's a he's a back he's a backtracking. He should uh, hold his ground. He should be like, yeah, right. Have the power of your convictions, my friend. Um. And all these other quotes are just more explaining. Uh, meanwhile, Drusa Cogburn, the film. Director Josh Boone, when the movie came out, mm-hmm. deleted his Instagram. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Oof. So someone was not getting good messages mm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Maisie Williams, mm. one of the stars of the film, mm-hmm. she retweeted a review, uh, a Forbes.com review, so it's probably this guy, Scott Mendelson. Title of the review, New Mutants is the worst X-Men movie ever. She retweets that link. Sounds like a must-see. Get your tickets now. And a little like a star emoji. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen all the X-Men movies. And some of them are 
really bad. And if somehow this one's worse than all of that? How, 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 how? I must see this piece of garbage. There's The Last Stand, there's X-Men Origins Wolverine, Wolverine there's, and there's uh, Apocalypse. How could it be worse? Well, uh, the and there's Dark is. Phoenix. God, just, just the most recent one. God, they're quite possibly the worst of them all. I don't understand how. How could it be worse than Last Stand? I want to know how it can be worse than X-Men Wo- Origins Wolverine. That movie was I don't, I don't the know. biggest hunk of fucking shit there's nothing ever put on the planet i don't think there's anything redeemable about that movie no aside from maybe the opening credit sequence that's about it but i mean hugh jackman wasn't as good as wolverine in the movie nope uh his claws look like cartoon yeah cartoon claws i mean yes ryan reynolds was deadpool but he was was the wrong deadpool Deadpool. i mean they've even he even made fun of it in the deadpool movies uh Uh, I don't know who was playing Gambit or why he was even in the movie. It's Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> Taylor Kitsch was Gambit. Once again, don't even know why he was in the movie. Because I was on his up. That was right after Friday Night Lights, but before Battleship and John Carter. He was on the upswing, and he got Gambit along the way. So at that point, he was sort of like a, a TV guy, and then he would go on to being, oh, that guy. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing now. Who knows what he's doing <laughs> Probably washing cars. Nah, he's probably like on Yellowstone or one of these fucking shows. Just just working, <laughs> making a goddamn living, being mediocre. Being a handsome, mediocre guy. Ah, <laughs> oh, goddamn mediocre, handsome white guys. They just get all the work, don't they? I got my handsome levels and mediocre levels are all out of whack. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of them are they're bound, they're not balancing properly. This is it's like a, a car running on the wrong kind of oil. Um so yeah. We got got to see this movie. Can't wait to see it when it streams mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> or hits the red box. Um, yeah, exactly. Speaking of streams, Netflix has started offering some movies for free. So if for whatever reason you're not a Netflix subscriber, uh, they're putting some stuff out there for people to check out to okay. entice them in. Uh, interesting list of things. Here we go. This is from Deadline. You could go to what's the website? It's like. Netflix free or something like that. Netflix.com slash watch free. And you can see movies like Bird Box and The Two Popes. Murder Mystery, the Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston movie. Boss Baby, Back in Business. I think you're trying to get people to subscribe, right? Netflix, mm-hmm. be careful with what you're putting out there. Um, there are single episodes of Stranger Things and Grace and Frankie. Uh, Rally Series is, is Love is Blind. Ava DuVarney is When They See Us. And our planet episodes are available. Uh, so interesting gamut for Netflix. Who they've had an uptick of subscribers this year. This is the uh, the entertainment business portion of the show. Here's an intro. Entertainment business portion of the show. Here we go. You should get the old Entertainment Tonight theme song. Oh, I got that right here. Uh, yeah, right. That's, yeah. that's uh-huh. what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I think it was. Yeah. The uh, Netflix is like they, they've been one of the few companies that's like Netflix, Amazon, Walmart, like the ones that have thrived in the pandemic. They've been one of the ones. They've added some like fifteen to twenty million subscribers. Uh, so why why the gambit to put out more stuff to try to entice uh, people this way? Well, I think maybe they're worried that once the pandemic is lifted, that mm. they're going to lose sure. all sorts of subscribers. That's possible. Once people can start going outdoors again in droves, they're like, "What do I need this Netflix for? No. I can finally get that Quibi app going." Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
for so I can watch all that Quibi stuff. Fucking Quibi. Right, oh. a, r- right after I uh, download Tidal so I can listen to my music. Is Tidal still a thing? <laughs> right? What happened to that? Didn't Jay-Z sell his shares or something? Know. Fucking titles. <laughs> you guys are dumb. <laughs> like, don't you care about us making all of our money? Like, not really. Nope. Sorry, Madonna. <laughs> I think you're rich. Aren't you, Madonna? You're Madonna. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm paying my 10 bucks for Spotify. Thanks. And you're getting pennies for my streams. Pennies for my streams. Juice to Cogburn. Uh, John Boyega. Burning down them Star Wars bridges. He didn't just burn down the bridge. He then, he then he burned the bridge down. Then he watched the the fires like go down to nothing. Then he gathered up all the ashes. And they put all the ashes into a cannonball. And then he fired that cannon out into outer space. He's like, get the out of here bridge to Star Wars. Because he is like, saying, fuck it. I mean, why not? Uh, yeah, he's he's made his name for himself. He exactly, has, exactly, he, he's he, got a couple bucks, probably. He, he was in three awful Star Wars movies. Uh, hopefully, he his career will rebound, unlike all the people who were in the Star Wars movies. Daisy really had to be like, uh, no one's casting me in anything. Because you were in three awful movies as the lead character. No one thinks you can lead a fucking movie. Well, after she said that, no, it's more like, uh, can we get past the typecasting of Star Wars? Same thing happened to Mark Hamill, where he was like uncastable after Star yeah. Wars. Harrison Ford's the only one to make it out of the original trilogy. Um, he, uh, though she put that out there and then has since like got a bunch of job offers yeah. and stuff. So sometimes you just squeaky wheel gets the grease sort of thing. Um, I mean, in all reality, I, if I was a movie executive, I'd been like, I, I was not impressed with the work you did in Star Wars. Yes. So you show me something else. Show me something else. And she's like, uh, okay. Did she do? What did she just do? She just did something. The British actor John Boyega has criticized Disney for initially positioning him as a main character, only to push him to the side. Mm-hmm. You get yourself involved in projects, and you're not necessarily going to like everything he said during an interview with GQ. What I would say to Disney is, do not bring out a black character. Market them to be much more important to the franchise than they are, and then have them push it aside. It's not good. I'll say it straight up. Um... He says they gave all the nuance to Adam Driver, all the nuance to Daisy Ridley. Let's be honest, Daisy noticed, Adam knows this, but when it comes to Kelly Marie Tran, when it came to John Boyega, you know, fuck all. Um, both, uh, wait, uh, I'm the only cast member who had their own unique experience of that franchise based on their race. No one else in the cast had people saying they were going to boycott the movie because they were in it. No one else had the uproar and death threats since their Instagram DMs and social media saying black this and black that and you shouldn't be a stormtrooper. Remember that? Mm. Nobody else had that experience, but yet people are surprised that I'm this way. That's my frustration. So Boyega speaking out. As well as he should. As well as he should. And people know this shit's fucked up. And uh, same thing happened with Oscar Isaac, where technically he wasn't even supposed to be in the whole trilogy to begin with. Um, he was supposed to die in the beginning of Force Awakens, but then J.J. liked him so much that he kept the, the character around. Uh, but he got, like, sidelined through mm-hmm. the whole thing, too. Like, no one gave a well, shit about... Everybody got sidelined except for those for, two. For Poe, not for... For uh, Ren and Rey. Mm-hmm. The names are so similar. Mm-hmm. Ren, yeah. Ren Ray. Bega was also like he stuck up for J.J. Abrams and I was like he wasn't supposed to come back to save your shit I think it's uh, the quote he put yeah. out there so interesting uh, all that Star Wars fallout continues to happen <clears throat> well that's what happens when after making three great movies you make three awful ones and then when everyone's like ooh maybe we can get three good ones you make three awful ones again <laughs> <laughs> they tried question mark 
Did they? The opposite of Star Star Wars will have to be um, the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's doing a movie set in 1970s San Fernando Valley. It's uh, it's kind of like his version of Lady Bird, mm-hmm. so to speak. He's got Bradley Cooper in there, casting some role as a guy with a, like a perm, because that's... When he casts Bradley Cooper in a period piece, he has to have a perm. That's that. Those, okay. Those are the rules of Hollywood. I mean, it's better than those fucking awful white dreadlocks he had. When did he have those awful? Oh white? man, I'll show you a picture. When, what, like in real life? No, it was in. A, it was for a movie. He was playing like a wigger. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a. Uh... Troublesome word. The uh, he's playing a John Peters like industry figure in this movie. John Peters being a wild uh, hairdresser, Barbara Streisand's hairdresser turned movie producer who produced movies like fucking Batman and shit like that. Like he has a significant footprint in Hollywood, but he's also insane. Oh, that's not the one I was thinking about, but that is equally awful. What he found another Bradley Cooper bat haircut. Yeah, he he actually has dreadlocks in this. Man, probably that's gotta be. A, <laughs> that's gotta be a movie, right? Yeah, for his new movie. Says so dreads for his new movie. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, also in this movie with uh, Bradley Cooper is Alana Haim from the band Haim. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson directed Haim music video, so that's how they know each other. Uh, and cast in the movie is Benny Safdie of the hey. Safdie Brothers. Yes. Uh, playing a politician who I believe is a closeted politician. Oh. Um, this article also mentions that the Safdie brothers recently teamed up with Nathan Fielder for a Showtime pilot called The Curse. So keep an eye out for that one. That's also a weird combination. Safdie brothers and Nathan Fielder. You ever watch Nathan for you? On, once or twice. On Comedy Central? Once or twice. That was a wild show, man. It was an awkward show. Yeah. It, was, it was all awkward Fielder, humor. He is interesting, that guy. Um, and then an additional story on top of that confirmed casting for the movie. Uh, the lead role is actually going to be played by Cooper Hoffman. Cooper Hoffman himself being the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. So there we go. Second generation Hoffman. Um, we got some interesting confirmation here on casting for Matrix 4, which is uh, currently in production. Apparently, Drew Cogburn, they were very close to having Hugo Weaving coming back as Agent Smith. Okay, right. and they did not because? Uh, according to Hugo Weaving, I thought we could have done scenes in May, June, and July. And we talked about money, and we were negotiating. And we were all pretty much sorted and agreed on dates, and it was all fine. But then Lena decided she didn't think it was going to work. So she pulled the plug on the negotiations. That's where it ended up. She basically didn't feel that my commitment to the National Theater was going to fit in with the dates that she had in mind for me. So she was worried that um, they're just going to squeeze the schedule too much. They couldn't do what they wanted to do. So, But I appreciate that. They consider the needs of the movie over. Uh, we got to bring back this character somehow, you know. No, uh, and I sort of I don't. I'm not that crazy for a Matrix Four. Like uh, I'm open to it, but it's not on my like. Oh, this is my on my radar. Baby. Oh no! But uh, like I, has a chance to be good. Has a chance to be bad. But I don't need them to like revisit a lot of old characters and old stuff. I would kind of want a more a newer, updated story, even if it's in the same world. Well, no, exactly. I mean, sure, you can have you know. 
Neo show up as maybe like the old wise man sure. or blah blah blah. But like, yeah. I do not want the further adventures of Keanu Reeves in the Matrix. Yeah, I don't. Do we really need the story I, to continue? I do not give a fuck they, about Neo. Anymore. Even even for what people like or dislike, those two sequels it makes it, no it, difference. It's told a it told complete. A, it story. told a story. I don't need. Yeah, no. I mean, if you, him plugging in the, to the Matrix and sacrificing himself to die, the, I mean, it's all it's it's there. I get it. He's Jesus. They cool. Fulfilled Next. the Jesus thing. They did it. Yeah. <laughs> so what's this then? It's about like Paul and the Damascus or Damascus. We're gonna do the, the Holy <laughs> Ghost. Come on. How how further can we stretch this Bible at? Analgy. Um, Francis Ford Coppola has been on a run of re-editing and remastering older films. Okay. He did a fourth version of Apocalypse Now recently that took his Apocalypse Now Redux that was like super long and he actually cut it down a little bit so he took like all the stuff that he added but they made it shorter yeah and this is why we don't let George Lucas mess with Star Wars anymore right well he, he sold it <laughs> we're like stop it George stop fucking with your own movies he recut the Cotton Club and re-released that and now they're Recutting and re-releasing The Godfather Part Three, and unless they replace Sofia Coppola with uh like a CG Winona Ryder like they wanted originally, or with Christopher Plummer now, unless they do that, <laughs> I don't see how it's gonna make it a better movie. Uh, evidence that it's not gonna be a better movie is the worst title. He never wanted. Uh, this is interesting. Francis Ford Coppola never wanted to call it The Godfather Part Three. Okay. It's a pretty big gap there. Like yeah. one and two came out pretty close to each other, and then part three was like fifteen years later. Mm. So he wanted to call it um, "The Death of Michael Corleone." Okay. And then Paramount was like, "Nah, we want Godfather Part 3. So that's what they called it. The new title for this re-edited version will be Mario Puzo's "The Godfather," comma Coda (parentheses, not parentheses, colon) <laughs> a lot of punctuation in this title. The death of Michael Corleone. No, thank you. Headed to theaters as well as digital platforms this December. So there you go. If you uh, you can sit at home and watch Godfather 1, Godfather Part 2, and then you can go to theaters and watch Mario Puzo's The Godfather, Coda. <laughs> the death of Michael Corleone. No, thank you. It sounds, it sounds truly bad. Um, Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. Working with Netflix. Mm -hmm. They got Army of the Dead coming out next year. Mm -hmm. His heist movie set during uh, Zombie Apocalypse apocalypse in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, Netflix, I guess they've seen it, and they like what they're seeing, and they're all in on Zack Snyder now. So, a zombie cane heist, too? Um, Sort of. We're getting several things. We're getting a prequel series, I think. Prequel series or movie? Um, Because they're doing it. Let me see. Netflix has announced they're working on an international multi-language prequel movie as well as an anime series for for Army of the Dead. Oh, it's all expanding Army of the Dead. They're they're all in on this concept. Okay. Um, the anime series will be about Dave Bautista's character, I believe. Okay. And his team and the uh yeah, Army of the Dead. Colon, Lost Vegas, will focus on the origin of Dave Bautista's character, Scott, as he and a rescue crew try to navigate the mysterious beginning of the zombie outbreak in Vegas. Zack Snyder will make, take will take the time to direct two of those episodes, as well as Bruce the whole thing. Um, so they're all in. They're all in on this uh, Army of the Dead stuff. Okay, cool. So zombies are 
bad. I mean, they haven't really laughed. They for sure have. But they're like, they've been in the ebb for a while, right? People are sick of Walking Dead. Um, hasn't been any real zombie movie, but people are still online being like, "We want World <clears throat> War Z 2 Um, we'll see. Hmm. We'll see. That should have been the zombies genre should have died a long time ago. Uh, I already mentioned this Charlie Kaufman story in the first half. This is interesting. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is a regular Reddit user. Okay. He uses the handle Gov Schwarzenegger. Okay. Okay. Uh, someone posted on Reddit a pipe, a uh, smoking pipe, mm-hmm. um, that's carved to look like a, a blown out Terminator face. Mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger hits him up. And says, "I want, I want to buy this. It's amazing. I want to buy it from you." And the guy was like, "I'll, I'll. It's like, let me send it to you as a gift. That'd be my honor." And Schwarzenegger, his response was something like, um, "Oh, the guy said I carved this pipe specially for Arnold's birthday. Wow, this is fantastic. It is beautiful. Will you sell this to me? Um, if you insist on giving it to me, here's Arnold. I insist on sending you back a signed photo of me using it." Now that it's 2020, I just sign things on my machine and send it an email if that works for you. Uh, so the guy was like, yes, absolutely. So, Drew Cogburn, I mean, as a follow-up. Dude has a picture. Here we go. So here's a picture of the pipe. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool yeah, looking pipe. Yeah. Here's a picture of Arnold smoking the pipe of himself. With the, so the guy's name on Reddit was Radon Lab, and he wrote to Radom, R-O-D-O-M. Looks like an M. Uh, thank you for the great pipe, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And some uh, smoke out of the pipe yeah. there. That's actually him. Yeah. And, the Governor Schwarzenegger. and then some people in the Reddit thread were like, this isn't real, blah, blah, trying to say it was all faked. And Schwarzenegger had to chime in and be like, it's lazy to just be like, everything you read and see isn't uh, true. Uh, what's wrong with you people? What's wrong with you people? This pipe is unbelievable. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Thank it you looks much. like me. And it's me. It's on Reddit. And I was smoking that to my own head. It's, un- it's, it's great. I just think it's great. Um, so, yeah, there you go. If you want to reach out to Schwarzenegger, he's on Reddit, guys. Um, speaking of reaching out to celebs, interesting little story here about uh, Nick Offerman's wife, Megan Mullally. Mullally? Mullally? No, I see that. Mullally. She recounts, recounts a story from last February where she was at the Vanity Fair Oscars party and she ran into Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we go. This is uh, and this is actually from Jeff Goldblum's perspective. Megan Mullally was there, and it was the last time I saw her. And I said, "I'm watching Devs," and she said, "Oh, you should talk to Nick." And I meant to, and I forgot to call that night. Goldblum said. Uh, so he continues, Nick. If you're watching this, I'm looking for you. I'm eager to talk about Devs and see you both. So Jeff Goldblum, fan Devs, Devs fan, fellow fan. Hi, I'm Jeff Goldblum. That's all I got for that one. Uh, but pretty cool, man. You imagine uh, Jeff Goldblum trying to uh, talk to I, I Nick Offerman l- about I, what, it's, what it's about. <laughs> I would love to be privy to that conversation. That'd be a, that'd be a heck of a conversation. <laughs> I just want to hear Jeff Goldblum talk about devs. Yes, just, oh, yes the digital uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the world. Is, hmm. Yes, I thank you. Uh, I get a uh, wonderful um so someone put together a ai assisted uh k- 
casting program. Okay. Um, and the name of it is very specific. Where is it? It's something or other, and I don't find it. So someone put in all the attributes expected for James Bond, mm-hmm. and they ran it through uh, all these actors through an algorithm, and it came up with your best choices for James Bond. Okay. Starting with... Um, I'll get this out of here. Uh, I'm using that Screen Rant uh, article, but their mobile uh, site is terrible. Um, Henry Cavill came out in the lead. Okay. Amongst British actors, 92.3% uh, likelihood positivity of him being James Bond, followed by Richard Armitage, who was uh, in the Hobbit movies, and then Idris Elba mm-hmm. at 90.9%. Mm-hmm. When it was expanded to... American or international actors, I should say. Carl Urban rated higher mm. at 96.7% for James Bond, uh, followed by Chris Evans at 93.9 and okay. Will Smith at 92.2. Okay. Uh, when it got open to women from The Mandalorian, Gina Carano at 97.3%. It'll never happen because the broccoli producers are like, we will not make James Bond a woman. Mm-hmm. But she would make a good double O agent. Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. 94.4%. Angel- Angelina Jolie, 94.4%. Uh, so interesting how it, it breaks down these people and uh, what do you consider when you think of James Bond all, traditionally? I was about to say, all totally different bonds too. All different bonds, <laughs> but I could still see them all. No, yeah, no, okay, in different, I mean, in different like, ways. No, okay, like Angelina Jolie would be more like the Pierce Brosnan-ish bond. Yeah, sure, totally, totally. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Carl Urban is like he could be the uh, the brutish, um, uh, like Timothy uh, Dalton Bond, mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah. Uh, but Henry Cavill, I mean, he already did The Man from Uncle. He already was like a, was in a say, spy movie. Yeah, no, and that one, he just had to have an American accent. I was about to say, no, thank you. Yeah. I don't think Henry Cavill's right for Bond, for I, whatever reason. I like Henry Cavill, but I'd be, I like to, but I, I would like to see him, don't like him do Bond. something else. Yeah, I don't like him as Bond. I, I would just like to see him be... He's already lo- You mentioned Superman. He's already locked in by a franchise. Yeah. So I would like to see him... Come on, expand those... The Witcher... Man, no, exactly. He's actually franchise crazy. He game. was he was in the Man uh, from Uncle was supposed to be a franchise. He started off in the three hundred ripoff. Uh Immortals. I remember Immortals. The three hundred ripoff. Which is a Tarzan Singh movie. Uh-huh. So it had those cool scenes like guys yeah. like banging against the wall and that movie looked great. Yeah, but it was just Tarzan Singh trying to be Zack Snyder. Well yeah, he saw it like, <laughs> Oh, I can do that. But uh way artier. Yeah. And now I want to rewatch that bad movie. Because it looks so good. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> These movies look great. Um, shout out to Tarzan. Also, you know that he a troubled filmmaker. Uh, not troubled, but um, his initial movies, he was just directed by Tarzan. Mm-hmm. He didn't use his full name. That's yeah. always bad. Yeah. Use use your real name. Who are you? Who are you? Mick G? Uh, oh, we're at an hour and a half. All right, let's wrap this up. Um, oh, yeah. This story is crazy. All the Ray Fisher stuff continues with the, oh, yeah. uh, with the cyborg thing. He said that the, who was it, the president of, who hit him up? Here's a quote. So you can understand how deep this goes. After speaking out about Justice League, I received a phone call from the president of DC Films, wherein he attempted to throw Joss Sweden and John Berg under the bus in hopes that I would, I would relent on Jeff Johns. I 
will not. Well, the reason why is because Jeff Johns helps run the comics part too. Yeah. So it'd be one. It's one thing to get rid of your movie people. Mm-hmm. Their movie business isn't that great anyway. Right. It's another thing to get rid of one of your most prolific comics writers yeah. of all time. Yeah, it's one of the one of the biggest pieces of your puzzle. Yeah. And you you got to get rid of it. Um. Then Warner Brothers put out a, a a message or a tweet of some sort. I don't know if it was a tweet or a statement that Ray Fisher was not cooperating with uh, their investigators. Mm-hmm. And Ray Fisher put out a tweet. Um, Thank you for your support. If we're seeing through WB Pictures' desperate and scattershot attempt to discredit me, I met with the investigator via Zoom on August 26th. Below is an email I sent to my team and SAG immediately after. And here's the email. Joseph Scott with the investigator had to end the interview early before going into details. He definitely has been put on the case by Warner Brothers Pictures, not Warner Media. His pictures will go directly and solely to Warner Brothers Pictures Legal. He also had another person on the line as a witness, which we were not made aware of. I told him I needed to have a rep on the line as security. He tried to keep me on the line, but I told him I would need to consult my team before proceeding. So they're trying to like get some shit on him yeah. illicitly, mm-hmm. and they're uh, gonna try to throw him under the bus. More that happens, more like I believe the guy. It all makes sense, you know. Um, so we'll see what happens going on now with the which heads exactly are going to roll, and will they even? We'll see. Will they even? Last three stories, real quick. Uh, Jason Statham, Guy Ritchie, reteaming for a couple movies. There's one called Wrath of Man coming out next year, and they're getting together for a spy thriller called Five Eyes, in which uh, Jason Statham will pay, play a character named Orson Fortune. Seriously. <laughs> I think Drew just threw up in his mouth a little bit. Uh, this is more just a note for myself. Total Recall 4K re-release coming this Christmas. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. all right. They're doing a, a full 4K digital scan of the original 35mm negative, and it's coming out on multi, multi-disc thing, so it'll be 4K Ultra, Blu-ray, all the different formats together in one thing, because that's how they do it now. Mm-hmm. They just give you everything, everything and let you fucking figure it out. Um, and if you send in this coupon, we'll send you a laser <laughs> disc version, too. Yeah, oh, I wish. No, it's more like we'll send you the, uh, the the digital code so you can download it and watch it on your phone when you're shitting. Um, so that's yeah, Total Recall. 4K this Christmas. I'll buy it for the ones you love. <clears throat> or just me. Uh, final story. There's a movie called Grizzly 2 starring George Clooney and Laura Dern Grizz- and Charlie Sheen. So is there a Grizzly 1? There is a Grizzly 1. This is the sequel. Uh, and it's a movie about a mama grizzly who uh, attacks a music festival in the middle of the woods. And Laura Dern, George Clooney, and Charlie Sheen are amongst the um, the spectators okay. that get attacked. Uh, the thing about this movie, Drew, is that it was shot in Hungary in 1983. Ah. Yes. And now it makes more sense on more sense. why these people are in this movie. In this movie. Um, there was a 1976 movie called Grizzly about a park ranger trying to stop a giant killer bear from terrorizing a national force. Grizzly 2 um, started getting shot. It involved a killer mama bear on the warpath after her cubs are killed by poachers. Um, in true Jaws fashion, the folks running the concert are willing to make sacrifices in order to make money. Here we go. <clears throat> Before additional special effects using a giant mechanical bear could be filmed, the film's executive producer, Joseph Proctor, disappeared with all the money. 
He returned up later in jail for tax evasion. In the years that passed, producer Suzanne Nagy has become the inadvertent caretaker of the film. Um, she spent the last few years... Well, actually, she was writing a memoir and realized she couldn't finish her book without finishing Grizzly 2. So she got licensed recent stock footage of Grizzly Bears and worked with editors to create a new movie now titled Grizzly 2 Revenge. It's 75 minutes long and obviously edited to feature more heavily Charlie Sheen, George Clooney, and Laura Dern. So, Oh, and John Rice davies is in it, the, <laughs> the guy who's uh, Sala from the Indiana Jones films. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that, that did have an actual actor in it. Weird. Isn't that crazy? So keep an eye out for Grizzly 2 coming soon. From 1983. From 1983, <laughs> shot in Hungary. Um, all right, well, that's it. That's it for news stories. That's it for the end of the episode. Uh, I think it's time for the moral of today's episode. What is the moral of today's episode? The moral is shoot your mechanical bear stuff first. Figure out the story later. Uh, also, uh, live long and prosper. Drew Chicago, what do you got? I got nothing. All right, he's got nothing. Well, I guess that's it. So that's it for the episode. You are welcome, everyone, for this week's show. We'll be back next week with 401. And uh, remember, patreon.com slash So Peace out. And Black Lives Matter. And I keep forgetting that list. That's why I'm over here. Black Lives Matter. Arrest the cops. I can't believe they're still out there. There's fucking cops. Who killed and murdered Brown Taylor? There's a documentary about it now on uh, Hulu. There's already a documentary about it! God! <laughs> damn it! Kill your masters, eat the rich, take care of a bike. A PFT Media Production.